Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi there, and welcome to the Explaining History podcast. Um, I'm going to go slightly off the beaten track today, or I say slightly off the beaten track, slightly away from some of the things I normally talk about. Talk about things uh, slightly more contemporary, i.e. the 1980s, which, let's face it, was only sort of 35 years ago. Um, And I want to talk really um, about the, almost the the, the sexual politics of Britain in the 1980s and kind of the the, the moral dimensions, um, if you can call it that, of um, Thatcherism, particularly um, the um, officially the kind of the politics and the the cultural politics surrounding sexuality, um, AIDS, and the AIDS crisis that really begins in the mid nineteen eighties. One of the ways that uh, we tend to think about Thatcherism is uh, in in economic terms that there was. Supposedly in 1979, though this really happens later on in the Thatcher's um, era, it's kind of economic break away from the consensus. Now, not only was that consensus coming to an end throughout the 1970s anyway, and some of the early adopters of um, more monetarist ideas were the Callaghan government, um, uh, particularly Callaghan and Healy. But also, the uh, if you look at the Thatcher Manifesto in 1979, there's less which is overtly kind of um, economic and more that speaks in broadly what Mrs Thatcher would have viewed as moral terms, that um, the state had taken away the rights of individuals to um, provide for themselves, to be responsible, to behave like grown-ups, and um, that a, a more... Um, moral nation was necessary, a nation that um, was self, not only self-reliant, but behaved itself, um, that knew how to behave, and not only was um, a kind of economic individualism part of her um, uh, manifesto, but also a strong sense of not just law and order, but Christian morality, um, and very often the, the kind of the, the this dimension of Thatcherism gets overlooked an awful lot, which is why I wanted to talk about it today. Part of the conservative myth making about the nineteen sixties is that it had been this age of permissive uh, values that 
um, people had been able to be far more uh, sexually liberal than they had previously been, that there had been breakdown of the family as a result, that teenage crime had increased and lawlessness and that uh, uh, the values of previous generations, particularly the generation that fought the war, was not being passed down. Um, and that the knock-on effect had been an increase in things like hooliganism, soccer hooliganism in the 1970s, and that Britain appeared to be a more violent society in the 70s and 1980s than it had been. Certainly Britain in the 1980s, if you look at um, the, the, any criminological um, research, suggests that it was a much more violent society. There appears to be this um, increase in um, violent crime that doesn't actually seem to be connected with any of the recessions of the 1980s. Um, in essence, um, criminality... Uh, seem, there seems to be some kind of relationship, and I'm speaking here as a historian, not as a sociologist, so please, if you're a sociologist, listen to this, shoot me down, correct me, um, but there appears to be some kind of relationship between um, urbanisation, social mobility, and uh, dislocation and, ch- and community change between that and um, increases in crime. It's got, got very much to do with um, changes in attitudes towards um, sexuality, relationships, marriage, monogamy, um, an increase in secularism, and that kind of thing. However, uh, and the fact is that during the 1960s, the majority of people were living fairly mundane lives in terms of um, the permissive society. Um, the um, majority of people actually had largely uh, conventional conformist attitudes. The social research done at the time suggests that, by and large, people did believe in marriage throughout the 1960s, did believe in um, having children within uh, marriage and did view um, adultery, homosexuality and other sexual transgressions uh, uh, as being wrong. So a lot of the conservative myth-making about the 1960s is is exactly that, it is myth-making, but this kind of gets carried through into um, the, the 1980s, the era of conservative dominance was um, a moment at which the um, ideas of the 60s could be undone rather the first um, major manifestation of Thatcherism's attempts to promote what was viewed as family values, um, heterosexuality and monogamy, was the uh, prevention of the promotion of homosexuality in schools. So um, this is really, um, initially, the product of Britain's uh, right-wing tabloid press, who um, campaigned that um, children should not be exposed to materials that promoted homosexuality in schools. And as with much of what Britain's right-wing tabloid press tends to do, there was actually very little evidence that anybody was being exposed to anything that promoted homosexuality um, whatsoever. In fact, no evidence Um, But this didn't prevent, um, in 1986, the Education Act introducing a section, section 46, that specified that sex education should promote the value of family life, which was code really for suggesting that there is one version of family life, the nuclear family with um, heterosexual parents, um, and that monogamy was ultimately, um, in that context, um, what was uh, considered to be normal. 
Section 28 of the 1988 Local Government Act outlawed the promotion of homosexuality or the publication of material with the intention of promoting homosexuality. It went further than the 1986 Act and it suggested that um, any educational activity designed to promote teaching uh, in any maintained school, the acceptability of homosexuality was uh, was banned, um, and this um, the acceptability of homosexuality also has a pretended family relationship, and the use of pretended there is particularly divisive. Um, the reason for this furore was the Daily Mail's publication of a story um, uh, featuring a book which was used by the uh, education of education service of the Greater London Council. Um, the book was called Jenny Lives with Eric and Martin, and it wasn't a book that really promoted the notion of homosexuality. It was um, an educational book from the Netherlands, uh, which helped children who had gay parents to uh, come to terms with and to process, the, obviously, the, the challenging emotions that um, this was inevitably in quite a homophobic society going to engender. In so it was uh, had more of a therapeutic purpose than a promotional purpose. Um, the Daily Mail chose to call it homosexual propaganda, and this was um, latched onto by a, um, a group of Conservative MPs who were more interested, particularly Kenneth Baker, the Education Secretary at the time, who were more interested really in waging a war on the Greater London Council. The Greater London Council obviously was a, a left Labour council led by Ken Livingstone and was synonymous in the eyes of the Conservatives as being everything that was wrong with local government in Britain. Um, the national um, tabloid press liked to focus on the um, various activities of uh, the Greater London Council, referring to it as really the, the loony left. There were um, um, initiatives uh, designed to help black and ethnic minority uh, people, um, initiatives uh, designed to help women's groups, and really kind of the, the marginalised of society. But this was um, during in the uh, 1980s, obviously, politics and political discourse moves far to the right, and these kinds of things are seen as uh, unacceptable or comical or ludicrous or, or, or worthy of contempt. Um, and the um, accusation that the GLC was promoting uh, homosexuality was uh, so sensational that um, the actual realities of the situation were really, um, really quite lost. Now, the curious thing about the, the 1980s um, is that it is a time when more openly gay musicians, actors, performers and entertainers are able to uh, not just be um, out, but also to articulate um, the um, uh, experience of being gay in um, a homophobic society um, in a way that they had never been able to do before. British culture in previous decades, in the 60s and 70s, had been uh, full of uh, you know, things like, like carry-on films and Dick Emery show and things like that, which were laden with innuendo about homosexuality, but it was really something that went largely unspoken. Um, you have, at this point in the 1980s, the um, Section 8 becomes a kind of a lightning rod, really, for um, activism. 
Um, uh, you have uh, actors like Ian McKellen of Gandalf fame, um, activists like Peter Tatchell, um, and uh, Michael Cashman, who was the uh, first openly gay um, actor on EastEnders, popular British soap opera, in case you listen to this from uh, abroad, who um, who uh, had, had the first gay kiss scene in, uh, in EastEnders. Um, and he uh, and the um, uh, three, uh, they were the three kind of leading lights in the uh, development of the gay rights charity Stonewall in 1989, which was um, originally uh, focused on the repeal of Section 28 and the um, unspoken problem in British society of violence against gay and lesbian people and transgender people. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The uh, acceptance of these were indeed hate crimes. Um, there was at the same time, obviously, a, uh, a, a ban on homosexuality in the armed forces, uh, which was uh, another uh, uh, another key area of um, of, of debate and uh, and struggle. So there is this kind of cultural cultural conflict, I guess, um, waging throughout the nineteen eighties on the uh, on the subject of uh, of sexuality and um, sexual politics are appropriated largely by the left during the uh, the 1980s. The irony for Margaret Thatcher is that she had gay colleagues, who many of them who weren't out, but she herself, I don't think it would be fair to describe her as, as a homophobe. Um, she believed that um, society was best served by a kind of uh, conservative uh, family morality. Um the irony is that this was very often at odds with her uh, her economics, which were putting immense pressures on family life in terms of working hours and employment stress, and the destruction of the nuclear family is accelerated really by the 
introduction of neoliberal economics into Britain. Not that that was all Margaret Thatcher's doing, but certainly something she's a champion for. Neoconservatism and neoliberalism are very uneasy bedfellows. But it was the um, diagnosis of uh, the, new the new disease of uh, HIV in 1981 that um, had a profound change on uh, sexual politics uh, in the UK. Um, the um, initial um, prognosis was that it was this, that this was going to be uh, an apocalyptic uh, and an apocalyptic plague, if you will. Uh, there was enormous uh, public ignorance on the subject, often fueled by the uh, the press. And it was an, a disease that became associated wrongly, much to the uh, disservice of many people, wrongly with exclusively with gay men. Um, there were high instances initially of HIV and AIDS in the gay community, but in the 1990s, more heterosexual people began to catch the catch the disease. And public ignorance resulted in increasingly homophobic attitudes. It was seen as a, a gay plague. Um, and in 1987, uh, three quarters of people who were surveyed on their attitudes towards homosexuality believed that it was always or mostly wrong. And very to to many people, um, the question of uh, homosexuality was brought to them via the issue of HIV and, and AIDS for the first time. People that chose to consider it at all began to think of it um, as a result of this context. Um, it was one area where Mrs Thatcher was um, uh, um, willing to make some kind of compromise. Apparently the story goes when she was given the report on AIDS, she simply said to the advisor, brought it to her, please just do something about it. Um, and she, instead of suggesting abstinence, the government threw its weight behind a safe sex campaign. Um, they were advised on probably what was the, um, the best um, approach at the time uh, and probably listened to some fairly good advice, um, and which promoted the use of condoms and um, the safe sex practices. Um, and the, uh, I, I believe the advertisement at the time, the Age Don't Die of Ignorance, was, again, so shocking and over-the-top and terrifying that actually it backfires uh, and um, people were um, disbelieving of the, 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 the scope of the illness. I think that one of the um, great uh, contributions of Britain of the 1980s, really, to our society now is the change in attitudes towards um, homosexuality that really happened, I think, probably in the 1990s and the, and the, and the 2000s. Um, the conflicts of the 1980s uh, and the um, kind of rather pioneering musicians and artists who refused to simply accept, um, you know, kind of a cult, kind of ghettoisation status. Um, because of their um, uh, sexuality, have have led really to you know, the knock-on effect has been a radical change in attitudes towards sexuality and a, a huge increase in tolerance um, and acceptance um, of uh, gay and lesbian people in British society now, gay and lesbian transgender, I should say. 
Um, the, in 1985, for example, Stephen Frears makes the film My Beautiful Laundrette, starring Daniel Day-Lewis, which features um, a love affair between two, two gay men. Uh, in EastEnders, as mentioned, the first, it was the first gay kiss on British television, uh, to which The Sun delightfully referred to it as a homosexual love scene between yuppie puffs where millions of children were watching. Um, if you're listening from The Sun, thanks for that. In the same year, there was also um, the semi-autobiographical um, uh, story of Jeanette Winterson's um, childhood, Oranges Are Not the Only Fruit, which is a lesbian coming-of-age drama. And it, these things presented homosexuality in not just in an acceptable top thing that we can tolerate, but in a positive uh, light as um, the experience of people, which is quite outside the norm of um, many of, of, of the viewers. Or I say that um, many of the viewers perhaps actually had had um, experience of, uh, of of homosexuality or had far more awareness of it within their um, relationships and families than people were really willing to, to let on. There were artists like the Pet Shop Boys, Boy George, Bronski Beat, um, and the, uh, you know, Boy George uh, becomes really the, the first... Um, out gay superstar there were obviously um, you know the uh, performers like Freddie Mercury and uh, George Michael their sexuality is an open secret but uh, by and large is is uh, un- un- undivulged I think Freddie Mercury was quite candid about the fact that uh, coming out as gay would be commercial suicide for uh, a band that made most of their um, uh, most of their album sales from heterosexual audiences um, the um, Bronski Beat album, um, the, the hit, the Bronski Beat's breakthrough album was uh, Age of Consent, which is a, a significant nod towards um, uh, to, towards the kind of the, the issues surrounding gay culture, and their songs are about the almost often the, the loneliness of um, coming out as gay and uh, trying to find your way in the world as a, a gay a, a gay or lesbian person or transgender person in a homophobic uh, culture. Um, in 1992, for example, the uh, film Peter's Friends um, was is almost a kind of a, um, uh, a a movie which kind of articulates the, uh, this sort of hangover from the 1980s as, as, as well as kind of nostalgia for the, the, the 80s in Peter's Friends. It's about a, a gay man gathering his friends together to tell them he's a contracted HIV. Apologies if you are going to watch that film, spoiler alert. And one of the key figures in Four Weddings and a Funeral in 1994 is um, a, a, an out gay couple. Um, um, there were artists who were happy to play with ideas of sexuality, uh, such as Madonna, who, um, you know was based her act on sexual ambiguity uh, and then i mean this has become within our culture of pop music now so kind of de rigueur so i was so um um all pervading that it, it hardly seems remarkable now but uh, obviously uh, acts like madonna or david bowie but he really dates back to the 1970s are um you know people who uh, were trailblazers in terms of um, making questions of sexuality mainstream and um, 
uh, and, and yet um, presenting um, set questions of sexuality as being key parts of cultural politics of, of, of the time. And it was in 1994 that John Major, um, Thatcher's successor, realised that kind of attitudes were changing um, and invited Ian McKellen to 10 Downing Street to discuss gay rights. Um, and uh, But at the same time, uh, launched his own misguided Back to Basics Family Values campaign, which a number of government ministers fell foul of on their, their affairs and loved children were, re- were revealed. Um, and it was in the 2000s that the former Home Secretary um, under... John Major and under uh, Mrs Thatcher, Michael Howard, uh, came to really repent Section 28, which was uh, repealed under uh, Tony Blair. Um, and it, that shows you really kind of the journey the Conservatives had gone on by the 1980s, not because of any kind of liberal or libertarian instincts at the heart of the party, but an, ex- an acceptance that society and culture had changed. And if anything... It wasn't an issue for most people. It's not that people had suddenly embraced their libertarian selves. They had rather ceased caring. And um, the more out gay people, the the more people had the um, ability to be out, the more a gay culture and a gay scene developed in Britain, um, and the more that it became unremarkable to have gay colleagues, gay neighbours, gay friends and gay relatives... Um, the, the the less of an issue um, culturally it has been and the less uh, it really helps to sell tabloid newspapers. What constitute, what makes cultural shifts happen is always a very curious, ambiguous affair and it's always very difficult to put your finger on it. It's, I think a lot of it's got to do with economics and uh, in the increase in affluence, you know, and also uh, communities moving apart, um, people becoming more socially mobile, Again, if you're a sociologist, please write in because I probably need uh, <laughs> need some guidance on, on, on this one. But there is a very interesting process around the discourses and ideas about sexuality from the 1980s through to the 1990s and 2000s. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this and found it useful and I'll catch you on the next Explaining History podcast. Thanks. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.